Next up, Aaron Mate. He says pundits are wrong about Russian social media involvement in American politics. He was a host and producer for The Real News. His work has appeared at Al Jazeera English, on Vice and Democracy Now!, at The Intercept, and in The Nation. Aaron Mate, welcome to the podcast. Hi, John. Well, you studied two Senate commission studies about Russia working to manipulate American voters on social media. They focused on a Russian trolling group called the Internet Research Agency, the IRA. First, tell us about these reports. Who did them, what their goals were? So uh, the reports were put out by uh, two groups, uh, the University of Oxford's uh, Computational Propaganda Research Project and the firm New Knowledge, uh, and they were commissioned uh, by the Senate uh, to look at the um, uh, Russian social media operation that um, is said to have uh, played a major role in the 2016 presidential campaign. This is what we've been hearing about for many months now, ever since Robert Mueller indicted uh, employees of the social media firm, the Internet Research Agency, based in Russia. And uh, they go through all of uh, the Russian social media activity, uh, analyzing the posts that they uh, made on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook mostly. Um, And they give us a pretty clear uh, look at what that content actually was. And what I argue in my Nation article is that contrary to this uh, prevalent view we've heard, that these were uh, sophisticated and that they... um, likely uh, swung the 2016 election, uh, I argued that, in fact, they're not sophisticated, pretty juvenile, and I don't think we'd be talking about them or had even noticed them had they not been the subject of this uh, intense um, hoopla for the past year with people comparing them to you know, 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. I want to go through your the evidence in your argument here. One of the reports you cite says the Internet Research Agency was, quote, run like a sophisticated marketing agency. It employed and trained over a thousand people to engage in round-the-clock influence operations, first targeting Ukrainian and Russian citizens and then Americans, close quote. The most alarming thing to many of us about those reports was their conclusion about the reach of Russian propaganda in the United States, which appears to have been massive. This is the new knowledge report. The IRA had 187 million engagements on Instagram, 76 million engagements on Facebook, reaching 126 million people. They had uh, 1.4 million users on their fake Twitter accounts, and they uploaded over 1,000 videos to YouTube. That sounds massive to me. What, what do you think about those findings? Okay, so on the surface, I think these numbers uh, about the supposed reach of Russian propaganda sound impressive. To scrutinize them, to look at what the actual facts are, what I think you'll um, realize is that the fact that they've been repeated so widely, these figures have been repeated so widely, says something about the reach of American propaganda about Russian propaganda. So take, for example, the 126 million figure. This is widely cited all the time, that these Russian Facebook ads and posts reached 126 million Americans. Now, putting aside the actual details of what those posts were, which were, we know now, 
they were mostly ads that ran after the election, and they were mostly not about the election, as the New Knowledge Report makes clear. Just looking at the number of 126 million people, if you look at what that figure is, that comes from a, uh, what that is basically, it's a spin on Facebook's own estimate. So the, the, what it comes from is Facebook's Colin Stretch testifying to Congress in October 2017. And I, I quote him in the piece. And what he says is, our best estimate is that approximately 126 million people may have been served one of these stories at some time during the two-year period between 2015 and 2017. So in short, uh, 126 million is a spin on Facebook's own estimate. And even there, they're talking about 126 million people might be seeing one piece of, of content. And to put that in context of what, how much content is actually out on Facebook, Colin Stretch of Facebook also said that the posts uh, that were generated by this Russian troll farm uh, amount to approximately one out of 23,000 pieces of content that people see on Facebook. And here he's saying that someone might have seen one of those pieces of content over a two-year period. You say that the Russian social media disinformation campaigns lacked sophistication. You know, you could say the same thing about some of Trump's tweets. What, what exactly do you mean? Well, let's look at the numbers, first of all. Uh, if you look at the new knowledge report, uh, they point out that, quote, explicitly political content was a small percentage. And they give you a breakdown of what the percentages are. Just 11% of the total content that they say comes from this Russian troll farm was related to the election. So the IRA's posts that go on were minimally about the candidates, with roughly 6% of tweets, 18% of Instagram posts, and 7% of Facebook posts having mentioned Trump or Clinton by name. So if we talk about this being a sophisticated operation to influence the 2016 election, it's difficult to do that when such a small percentage of the posts actually pertain to the 2016 election. And then even look at the posts themselves. I think it's curious, and I put this out in the piece, that when we talk about supposed Russian sophisticated operation, nobody ever cites any specific posts that they think were uh, effective towards that end. I think that's a, for a very clear reason why they don't do that. It's because if you look at these posts themselves, they're incredibly juvenile. They're written in broken English. They're pretty silly. And, most of, and, and the most popular posts weren't even about the election. The most, one of the most popular posts is a, is a, is a cartoon of a gun-wielding Yosemite Sam. Uh, another one asks, uh, asks users to give it a like if they believe in Jesus. The most popular post on Facebook was this weird screed that was, that was a, like, coming up with some sort of weird conspiracy about voters, and it barely mentioned Hillary Clinton. Like, that was the most popular post that even mentioned Hillary Clinton before the election. So if you look at the posts themselves, even though the small percentage that even mentioned the election or the candidates, I don't see how you can possibly argue that they were sophisticated. I want to just pull back and talk about the big picture here. We're talking about what the Russians were trying to do. Big picture, what did Russia, what did Putin want? Basically, their most important goal was an easing of the sanctions that Obama had put in place after Russia annexed Crimea. And obviously, Hillary was not going to do that. She was the Secretary of State when the sanctions were put in place. So... Putin and the Russians wanted Trump to win, and they worked to help him win on 
basically two different fronts, the cyber attacks on the Democrats, hacking the email of the DNC, and what we're talking about, what's the subject of your article, what is politely called information influence spread through social media. So you're looking at the second part of this and arguing that it was small, amateurish, and mostly unrelated to the uh, election. But what do you conclude about the, the, the big picture? Do you think Russia wanted Trump to win, tried to help him uh, win? Well, there's two questions there, right? I definitely think Russia wanted Trump to win. I mean, we know that because Putin said that. The question of whether the Russians helped Trump win, I, I don't assume that that's the case. I realize that this is not a very popular view, but just because U.S. intelligence officials have told us that, I don't take that on faith. I think it's our job as journalists to look at what the facts are. And I don't think we've seen enough evidence yet to believe this widely held view that there was a sweeping Russian campaign to help elect Donald Trump. The social media angle, I think, is, is pretty clear that it was juvenile and it was run by this firm whose owner, yes, is connected to the Kremlin. But I don't think this operation itself was carried out by Russian intelligence, or at least I've seen no evidence to indicate that. And if it was carried out by Russian intelligence, I don't think it was very effective. In terms of stealing emails, you know, we do have this indictment from Mueller, which accuses the GRU, Russian military intelligence, of uh, hacking the DNC. I do think that is definitely evidence. I think if I had to bet at this point whether or not the Russians hacked Democratic emails, I I would bet that they did because I think it'd be pretty crazy if if Mueller got this so wrong. But at the same time, uh, you know, we have to ask to see the actual evidence that this comes from. These are a bunch of assertions by a prosecutor. And I don't think that just because those assertions are made, that means that that we take that to be concrete proof. It's certainly evidence, but it's not proof. And so whether or not there was a massive Russian effort to uh, help Donald Trump and defeat Hillary Clinton, I certainly think that that there's evidence pointing towards that. But I'm not going to take that personally as being settled yet. I think we need to see more evidence. And let me say, I mean, whether or not Russia stole emails or not, even if they did, I don't think this is the existential issue that it's being made out to be. I mean, for two years, this has consumed our politics, this question of whether or not Trump conspired with a, a Russian interference operation. And I don't think the evidence is there for the fact, for the supposition that Trump conspired with it. And so given that, I think those of us on the left loathe Donald Trump's presidency and, and wish it would go away are making a really big mistake in, in believing that Robert Mueller is going to give us that outcome that we want. The focus on it has been a pretty big waste of time and energy, and it's, it's diverted us from what Trump is actually doing. And it's, it's fueled so much of the, of the so-called resistance into Robert Mueller and hoping that he, he gives us the outcome that we all want instead of taking on the act of resisting ourselves and, and focusing on what Trump is actually doing to the country, whether it's pulling out of the Paris Climate Accords and the Iran nuclear deal, or you know, overseeing the tax cuts and the decimation of Obamacare at home and a general attack on, on working people. I think, I think this focus on, on Russia and collusion has taken our eye off of that. And I think that is the most dangerous part of this entire uh, two-year Russia investigation. 
Aaron Mate. You can read his article, New Studies Show Pundits Are Wrong About Russian Social Media Involvement in U.S. Politics, at thenation.com. Aaron, thanks for talking with us today. Thanks, Jeff. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Thank you.